Blog Talk Radio. Great joy and good afternoon, my friend. The Nepalese Meditation Bowl is chiming, centering your mind and delight on the art of the CEO. The show that brings you the wisest counsel and most fascinating people in the business community from all around our terrestrial orb. I am Bart Jackson, your Hieronymus Bosch of business. And today is the day that all you wage slaves out there get some new hope and a totally new lease on your current position. We are going to examine just what it takes to become an entrepreneurial employee. And no, that's not an oxymoron. An entrepreneur is any person who devotes their best skills and their creative sweat and their innovative ideas to developing a venture to its fullest potential. And it doesn't really matter who launched it or who signs the paycheck. The entrepreneurial person the let's grow this enterprise better, that uh, that can take place in a hundred-year-old corporation just as well as that kitchen table enterprise you've launched all alone. And so let's listen in as we roll out some a whole series of new strategies that are going to get you promoted and get you valued in your company and set you working for yourself as a fulfilled business person. Yes, and frankly, Scarlett, right now, you're going to want to whip out your pen and scribble some notes because we have tactics from some of the most successful employees, several of whom have actually even ended up sitting in uh, the CEO's chair. Uh, but they're, and they're, you're going to find interesting people and interesting ideas. And so whether you're seeking that well-deserved promotion or you're striving to get your ideas heard, gain value, find personal fulfillment, we invite you to taste and see the art of the CEO's feast of wisdom, all carefully cuisined to make your career thrive and your ventures flourish. So, I guess we should begin at the beginning and grow from the root of entrepreneurial success, starting right off with you and your attitudes. And the very first uh, required attitude adjustment comes uh, in the form of your perspective. Number one, you are not working for anyone else. You are working for yourself. You are the CEO of yourself, running the enterprise of you, Inc. After all, you're a truly free agent. You joined on of your own free will. It is your skill, your talent, your sweat, your ideas, and the many assets that you've selected to bestow on this company in return for their compensation. And while you're there, you have every intention of doing yourself proud and contributing your all to this venue. This is the company you've chosen. And once you begin looking at it this way, they will, you will find that your inventive self and your performance are going to be something that you value and the others around you will be will, I'm sorry, begin to value. And what's more, you will realize that your employment is a contract between equals, which is just as it should be, and that's how you should see it. And the second attitude, makeover, shall we say, springs right from the first one. And that is, I would like you to do away with all ideas of rank within your organization. 
That is, titles and job descriptions, they merely indicate a base. They're the minimal aspect of, of each person's responsibilities. Your creativity will, of course, range much further than that um, because your goal is to help this company grow by whatever fertile means comes to your imagination. And so what, the, what does this mean? This means that no one is above you. And at the same time, no one is beneath you. There is no one to whom you kowtow, and certainly there is no one to whom you should condescend. So, uh, of, of course, now you're going to answer to your supervisor. But he is no more valuable in fulfilling the client wishes than you are. And fulfilling the client wishes is what? That's why you're still there. So... <laughs> I ask you to just sort of think about that old biblical saying uh, taught by that Galilean preacher who uh, stood stood out there and impressed more than a few people, asking, is the hand more important than the eye? Is the ear more important than the foot? And the real answer, as we all know, is that each individual part, without each individual part performing to its maximum and coordinating as a whole, well, your body and your corporation, my friend, are going to swirl right down the pipe to Chapter 11, heading for dissolution. So may I uh, propose that you treat everyone warmly as equals. And you know, you'll be surprised how they respond and how warmly they treat you. All right. So, so much for attitudes and so much for thoughts on the mental process, let's get down to some real, real work here. And so the uh, the third tip, our first, our first sweat tip is that you are, you are enter, as you, when you first come in and you stand there as an initiate in the team, no matter what your experience before, right now, your job is to learn, learn, learn as much as you can about this business your business as fast as you can, and the whole industry as fast as you can. This used to be called taking an interest in the business. And what it really is, is it's, is it's you being part of what you're doing. And it has two major rewards. First of all, it makes you aware of just how important is your value. You see that, okay, the only thing I do is inspect this product as it rolls by on the assembly line, but you see the utter, utter importance of that. When you see it moving toward the client's hand, you see how we have to take back bad uh, products that don't work and so forth and so on. All of a sudden, you'll see just how important you are. But the other reward is that you're, it's going to make uh, the, your whole work, your work day, much more exciting because you see the whole process of what you're doing and you're seeing what you're contributing to society. And that's, you'll see your importance. Ignorance, my friend, is not bliss. Ignorance is really boring. And there was a, a let me introduce you to a, a friend of mine called Sherry Spiro. Now, she entered her uncle's small print shop many years ago and she was she was the niece but she didn't want to be seen as sort of the nepotistic one that everyone had to sort of put up with she so she said I'm going to get to, to know this and she learned every aspect of print 
printing. She learned color blending. She learned machinery. She learned what were the newest kinds of presses and the greatest advances. Well, she learned paper and pulp derivatives. And what? And as fate would have it, she became the go-to girl that everyone started asking questions for. And then what happened? Well, one day, her uncle decided that he had to sell the shop. He couldn't handle it anymore. And it was... His thought was that they would just dissolve the business, but Sherry was able, because she had learned everything, she was able to step up and say, I will take over this business, and by heavens, did she take it over. She took that small print shop, and she looked at the new products that were coming out there. Uh, Board games were making huge comebacks, so she became... uh, the CEO of the newly named company Ad Magic, which is uh, the queen of publishing board games today, it does it. It's there waiting for you, my friend. So, if you've just joined us, you're listening to the Art of the CEO, which, with alarming frequency, <laughs> streams uh, new programs across the woefully overcrowded morass of cyberspace, where you may listen to this and all our shows by down uh, by visiting theartoftheceo.com again that's theartoftheceo.com we are on several radio stations but to hear this and all our other episodes again allow me to direct you to the website theartoftheceo.com and moving on into our entrepreneurial employee realm one of the things that you're going to want to see uh, and develop is how all the parts of your business fit into the whole and and what you can do about it. I mean, in other words, uh, who does the raw, who supplies the raw material and how does it get all, follow it through to the customer's hands? Now, what this means is that you're going to be stepping outside the company's box into the suppliers. Who is, who are your suppliers? What do they do? By the way, who are the who are your customer your competitors suppliers, and what are their prices? Just a thought. Uh, yes, you just you just joined on because you're a, a marketing intern. But why shouldn't you know that? If you know that, because this is your company that you're working for always, and this is going to begin also for you to have the whole business, the whole industry makes sense. It's going to make it exciting. And so the instant thing is, well, how do I learn all of this stuff? I mean, do I read magazines? Well, let me tell you the story, another story. Let me introduce you to another gentleman, Ken Parker. At age 18, Ken stood in front of Atlantic City Electric's doors lawn, and he walked around the back of the building and took took hold of his first job, got mounted the lawnmower, and started cutting the lawns of Atlantic City Electric. That was his first job. Eighteen years later, Ken stood in front of the Atlantic City Electric building. This time, he pushed through the front door, walked all the way upstairs, nodding to all the administrative staff and executives and pushed open the door that said president and went to sit in his chair. How did he get there? Well, many ways, but here's one thing he did, and I pass this on to you, and I think it's worth worth emulating. He would introduce himself. Each new job he focused on, he says, I want to do as best as possible. With each new task he was assigned, 
he would go to all the department heads who were affected by that his work. If you're in charge of distribution, talk to the guy who's in shipping. If you're in quality control, don't you talk to the guy who's in charge of production? Ask, and he would ask each one how they might work together better and how he could make this person's job easier. Nice, nice offering. And then he would visibly write it down in a notebook. Now, here's my thing. He actually, I, this this is something that I'm, I'm embellishing on a bit here. Take out that, carry that notebook with you. And when you're talking to this person, write it down. Let them see you write it down. If he sees, if someone sees you writing their words down, they will feel valued. And guess what? They'll think better of you, and they'll value you too. I just pass it on, and uh, it's doing well by doing good. And another tip, and, and sort of part of this, uh, moving on from this, there's an uh, it's an attitude, but it's, it's a way of uh, it's a way of finding, learning the business, and getting ahead. Everyone in this company is your mentor and your potential friend. Please don't forget that part. Your goal is to learn as much as you possibly can from each one performing various parts of the company. That's right. It's an ongoing learning process. But you also want to get to know them as people because it is people who make up business. So I ask, uh, so if you are just, if you've just moved in to help uh, the under, secretary of the publishing firm, uh, you asked to sit in on a board meeting. Why not? Just use, use, tell them you'll be very quiet and not make and not cause trouble. But what you're going to want to do is say, hey, this is, uh, I, I want to know how, my, how the, the company I'm working for is run. And even if you're turned down, even if they say, no, I'm sorry, they will at least take note uh, of your interest and and keep you in mind and yes of course uh, you want to as, as we mentioned before you want to talk to your immediate supervisor but uh, when you do ask for their advice don't wait that you may have an annual performance review but you don't have to wait to the end of the year whenever he's doing that each first ask your uh, supervisor, what did I do? Could I have done better? How could I have improved? This is, uh, uh, and that's not groveling. That's being, that's an interest in the company, and that is what you want to be. That is what you want to be seen as doing. But more importantly, that's what you want to do. That's what you you want to seize that interest and put your emotional self behind the company. You're you're donating so much to it. Why not put your heart into it? And so this goes. All of this goes along to uh, the sixth point: is is exceeding your job expectation. You're given a set of responsibilities, but let me tell you, as an entrepreneurial employee, you are personally in charge of the following other points. You're in charge of customer service. That is, you want to get to know as many customers as possible. You want to get to know their needs and you want to see ways to improve them. You're also the company's spokesperson. You speak for the company. People are going to judge the firm by what you say about it. So what are they doing? What beneficial things is your firm doing that they that you want to project the firm? Anywhere from social media to just friends, that, friends who are having 
coffee over lunch or a drink afterwards. And by the way, just as a little tip here, if you do not find something beneficial in this company and you do not find their ethics up to your standards, then oops, look at the time, my friend. You gotta go. You are you're too good. You're too valuable to put your efforts and talents and energies behind a firm that isn't ethical, that isn't doing what you believe is right. You've got your principles and they are they're more important than any profits that you will ever glean. And you wanna you wanna sleep at night too. So get make sure that your firm is worthy of you. Uh, you are also in charge of what I call inter interdepartmental liaison and by that I mean even if you're the assistant produce stacker on the supermarket this is a managerial position that you are that you can take you were going to talk to everyone else and see how they can feed you and you can feed them what they need what can you do to make their job easier as we talked about but also what they do and get to know them as people and uh, another tip is that and exceeding your job description is that uh, I have heard many people, Herb Words used to say this, a CEO, head of uh, Soundview Paper, he said, volunteer for the least desired job. I had a friend, a field engineer, Jim Rideout. He was, a, as I say, a field engineer. But when his firm had a sales territory that they were just going to be dropped because they had no one to take it over, uh, he said, I'll take it over. So he put in the time. He volunteered for that job. He took it. He figured, what the heck? They're making nothing out of the territory now. Anything I get's a plus. Well, guess what? It did wonders for Jim. And it did wonders for the company. So, uh, again, volunteer for that job. And uh, you're going to find yourself being uplifted in a lot of ways. And number seven, there is a uh, what I call... Um, Time to silo, and uh, this is, you want to develop some specialty of knowledge. That is, you want to be the go-to guy for something. Find something that is very necessary to the company. I mean, from, um, it, it, it could be grant writing, it could be anything, and what's available, uh, what's available in the competition, what, what, what the prices are, what are the, the circulation of, um, of various advertising ads go to and so forth. Uh, you want to be known for that, and and you want to be this is you want to be invaluable to the company, and you want to be that go to guy. I remember uh, I, I know several ladies who uh, back in the in the day when they when they had administrative secretaries, they whisked their way far up the ladder. Wanda Sato, Don Simpson, several uh, other very bright women. Uh, that were in the, in a seemingly dead end job, they learned all about those those funny gray boxes called computer, and they became executives, and they were absolutely valued. Uh, they couldn't the company couldn't do without their knowledge. And there you go. And in my own case, this is just a personal thing. I was the junior junior editor right out of school, and something. Uh, working for a business magazine called Boating Industry, and uh, I loved it. But they 
something came along called the Occupational Safety and Health Act. And we all, OSHA, we all know it now, but then it just came in and they sent the bozo out on it. And I became the whole magazine, in fact, the whole publishing companies, all the magazines, experts on this. And it, uh, it certainly stood me in good stead. And uh, it was a lot of fun, too. So... <clears throat> Ah, all right, my friends, you and I will continue to navigate our way through onto the profitable pathways of the entrepreneurial employee right after I take you on a brief sorbet uh, from today's Feast of Wisdom as we offer you, oh, a few utensils for the day's feast. And the first utensil, as I always do, allow me to remind each one of you hearing my voice that the good Lord has gifted you with the title and privileges of Chief Executive Officer of yourself. And since that's really the most important position you'll ever hold in your career, allow me to ask, will this be the day that you assess all those individuals that you know around you, all your acquaintances, and determine who can be your willing allies to help you fulfill your goals? Or will you continue to insist that you must be a self-made man or woman and try to lift every load alone? The choice, my friend, is truly yours. And as a second utensil, I can sense you yearning to steep your lips into a little laughter and taste a scriptural recitation from the source book of business humor uh, in the words of my wife's husband. So I have pulled it down now here, and I am fussing through it. Give me a second here. Hold on. Hold on. Uh, here we go. This this is appropriate. <clears throat> Nothing in business is as ugly as naked ambition. Best to cloak it, my friend, in the love of hard work. Uh, and as an afterthought, ambition is all about self-advancement. So why not try to at least appear as if you're concerned with the whole team? That's how friends and allies get made. And if you smirked a bit over that quip, we have them literally by the books full. Just... Uh, Pick up your copy of 102 or the 101 Best Business Quips or In the Words of My Wife's Husband, and your words will feather their way into folks' ears on the wings of laughter and make the, those co-workers actually agree that you are as smart as you think you are, <laughs> perhaps. Anyway, and as a third you, Ted, so we sumptuously spoo to you this week's business quote uh, and uh, so see if you hold the literary detritus accumulation to know its author. If uh, you can't help, who's, who was it who said, you can't help getting older, but you don't have to get old. And as a hint, uh, this sage and wryly hilarious century-old comedian was, in his own words, I was so old that when, when I was young, the Dead Sea was merely sick. <laughs> Good night, Gracie. So, for those of you who have been thinking and following along, yes, you are right. That was George Burns, the amazing comedian. And if you have a quip that you'd like to share, simply write down, uh, write it down and send it right along to us, and we'll be happy to share it on the air. Just send it right off to info at bartsbooks.com. That's I-N-F-O at bartsbooks.com. And if your sage thought is selected, we, you will earn, we will happily send you as a reward a mind and soul igniting gift freshly disemboweled from the dungeons of Bart's Books Bookstore. And we're going to continue our strategies for your promotion and wave slave uplifting to entrepreneurial employee right after 
you and I uh, take uh, take a good look at the company by whose good graces we are here today, and that firm is Prometheus Publishing. And this week, the folks at Prometheus uh, invite you to take a look at their international bestseller, number one in Amazon worldwide. The list, the second edition of CEO of Yourself getting down to the business of your more rewarding life. A CEO of yourself helps you discover your many marvelous assets and employ them toward goals that bring you a sense of mastery and a lot more fun. Using the model of chief executing officer, these pages forge your own character, and they help you sculpt yourself into the effective person that you really want to be. So armed with all those proven elements of character, principles, endurance, and unbridled enthusiasm, well, you'll roll up your sleeves and blow away the fog of distraction to launch the enterprise of you on a joyful path. Never has the journey towards self-mastery been laid out more precisely and practically with a humorous wit that's going to keep you smiling all the way to success. So, when you decide that it's high time to begin making your own choices, grab this guide. CEO of Yourself is available both on Kindle and hard copy, and you may find your copy by visiting BartsBooks.com for signed copies or on Amazon and in many bookstores. Carpe diem, my friend. You are indeed worth it. And uh, at this point, uh, let us turn uh, our, to our energized uh, entrepreneurial employees and, and see how they're making their way to the top. And one, and so let's get right on with the other tips. The number, uh, to sort of get back into the groove, I'd like to sort of remind you all that when you join a firm and you've got something, if you've got your ideas and you think you want to add them, I ask you to fight on the side of the angels. angels. And by that I mean always be customer sensitive and express those ideas through the lens of the customer. So uh, you could kick off, so why, why not kick off your new suggestion with, well, we could increase client satisfaction if we did this, or we could build client trust if we uh, put out a paper on that saying da da da. Uh, it's a way that you want to steer your firms uh, and get them thinking uh, the, like you toward wh what is both most profitable and sensible and, and thus most accepted. So let's just say, for instance, you want, you'd like to move your, move your firm uh, towards some charitable work within the local community. So you can express your uh, idea as, well, John, could, uh, we could really add a great image punch to our brand if we set up a volunteer program within the community, which has sort of a tarnished sound to it. Uh, or uh, you could say, John, a lot of our clients live locally. We could really build client trust and give them a stronger reason to recommend us if we set up a volunteer program within the community. And that would introduce uh, more of our staff to our customers. Now, just think about that and think who idea, which idea is going to sell better to the board, the boss, or, who, or whoever makes that decision. I just that's just a thought. And while you're at it, I uh, this is one I got from uh, two marvelous uh, family attorneys, and and that is the idea of I'd like you to sort of study the customer experience from A to B. These two attorneys 
Bev and Sarah, they set out following everything that the customer experienced, literally right out in their from their parking lot. They put the lens of the customer uh, on and step-by-step step went through every experience they had in dealing with their firm. Is the front of the physical plant inviting? Is the first contact appealing? What are the words that say that, that kick off each email, each phone call, each physical walk-in experiences what? How accessible are the products? Are the people easy to reach? Or do you get real people when you make a phone call? You know, Facebook, or Meta, as it's uh, with the new name it's hiding behind, has absolutely no humanity connected with its customer services. They view it as too expensive. And guess where they're nosediving? Well, enough said on that. I mean, <laughs> there's proof for you. And now, here is your job, is to literally roll out a report on the customer experience and keep referring to it. Put it in a red folder, print it out, have it with you publicly. Folks will get the idea that you are the lady to call on when we want to improve our customer base. And my friend, there is no better position to be in in any firm than the one who is called on when they want to improve customer base. I mean, don't get no better than that, as they, uh, as the ungrammatical say. And uh, I see that we're we're moving toward toward the idea of of um, the more personal side of things, and I think that's good. I hope we all remember that business is indeed, above all, very personal. And I would like you to uh, take as the next tip. Uh, something that's going to enrich your life as a whole, as well as your position as an entrepreneur. And that is make friends and remember names. Here's a surprising truth. Coworkers behave an awful lot like real people. They really like it when you call out their names. They like it when you ask about and remember about their families and ask about their after-work after hobbies in which they take pride. Uh, they... And they, they like to be praised for any assets they have. They're, oddly enough, the person next to you is a lot like you. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it is true. Why not? So at each business encounter, I, I'm just going to pass this on, accompany your communications with some personal question and seek out a little bit of a common ground, something that you have. Uh, celebrate and while you're at it celebrate small achievements from business conquests uh, to finally getting that darn Johnson contract signed and done signed sealed and delivered to personal birthdays these these bring others together uh, into these celebrations and they can range from a, a, a simple handwritten sticky note put on a computer of congratulations uh, right on up to taking this, the achievers out for a drink or applauding them publicly before workers. Cakes are always good. God made sugar to make sure that we all are happy. <laughs> anyway, he made champagne for another reason, uh, but I, I have, I've had too much of it, so I forget what it's for. Anyway, uh, I think it's something that, that, uh, you, if you add a little bit of celebration and add a little bit of fun and a little bit of personality to it, uh, why not? And, and uh, from your own point of view, 
if you have a uh, you you're going to want to build your identity as uh, as as a kind of person that people want to know, and so part one you want to make yourself interesting. Um, you are uh, if you're let's say you're an avid photographer, or you're an international traveler, or a rock climber. Uh, post some photos of what you've done around the office that are that are intriguing. All of a sudden, you're not you're no longer just that guy in accounting, but you're that chess wizard guy in accounting who goes to tournaments. You're the grand you have grandmaster points in bridge, or you've summited uh, you've summited Al, uh, Kilimanjaro or free climbed El Capitan, whatever it is, uh, and it's, it's something. It sets you apart. And uh, by the way, a little hint on this one. To keep it from becoming a brag session, when you tell about, uh, say, your long-distance bicycle trek, uh, you may want to center the story around some impressively aged fellow cycler who made the trip or some impressive bit of scenery. In other words... Concentrate on the achievements of others and what you saw rather than look at me, I made this. And tell that you're so proud that you climbed the mountain, that your wife was able to do it considering her injury or something like that. And by the way, they'll know that you went up there to the summit too. You don't have to say it. Uh, they, just a thought. Uh, and no one loves people who talk about themselves only. <laughs> uh, and uh, anyway, I, the other thing that you want to uh, do is you really do have to get into the world of self-promotion. Let's be honest here. This is the entrepreneur, just as the entrepreneur advertises his product, your product is yourself. You want to advertise this. Your work may speak for itself, but it will not speak for you. You have to do things to connect your work with the author. Don't forget to sign things. Don't forget to... And, and the easiest way to do this, probably the most effective way, is to tell people constantly what you're working on and ask their advice, ask their thoughts about it, ask what they're working on. But if they know what you're working on, they will see, they will know that that stuff is getting done by you. There's a lot more I, that, that we could cover on this. Uh, I would suggest, by the way, not playing politics uh, because it's the whole idea of that for you to rise, someone else must fall is, is no. Stay far, far away from that. That's a distraction from the real, from your real goal and your real goal is getting yourself and your company and your products moving forward with into the hand, happy, happy hands of customers. That's what it's all about. And while you're, and I could tell you another good trick is to validate others. That is, compliment each person on their job they're doing. Tell them how important it is and so forth. You get the idea. You're smart people. You know what's going on. Uh, anyway, I think we've, we've covered an awful lot. And as we round out today's Feast of Wisdom, uh, just to let you know, I am Bart Jackson, uh, your curator of business wisdom, leaving you with today's parting shot. In the words of my wife's husband, when it comes to politics, pollution, and love, being oblivious does not make impervious. <laughs> and to you gleefully sharing today's feast, I hope you've enjoyed the art of the CEO, CEO as much as I've enjoyed bringing it to you. And remember that you may download this on all our shows by visiting theartoftheceo.com. 
And finally to you, who have honored us with your time, may I say, as always, it has been a privilege, and I thank you.